0: so unpredictable here on the
1: SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our By the Numbers show on the SNL Network. As many of you know, we used to be SNL Stats. And when we you know, created SNL Stats, we loved going through all the statistics about Saturday Night Live. And it was very important when we became the SNL Network to make sure that we still had you know, the thing that we started with. So that includes all the data and the reasons why people are doing well On SNL this season and maybe why they aren't doing so well. So it'll be really fun to go over all of that data with our three panelists tonight. And joining us, as always, on these By the Number shows is the great Mike Murray. Mike, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. Happy Hanukkah. Happy U.S. Thanksgiving. Feeling great. Season 47.
1: Mike, I have to tell you, it's the first time we've had you on since you are a married man. So I have to say congratulations
2: Thank you very much. Martha. How is
1: mari- How is being married treating you? Great. That's it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I... tell, t- hey, Look, the listeners, one, one of the things, Mike, I have to tell you is that the listeners who have been with us since the beginning, they love Mike Murray. Okay? I get a lot of great compliments about you, Mike. So there's going to be people, there's going to be listeners who are going to say, what? Mike got married? I don't know anything about it. So just give everyone the quick synopsis. Tell them anything about your wedding, honeymoon, what's been happening to you since we last spoke to you.
2: Um... I got married uh, on the 16th, so it was the Rami Malik episode, so I, did, I missed that one. I watched it on the flight to Hawaii, and I did the stats on the flight because it's a long flight. Um, and then the Sudeikis one was the weekend after, and uh, I didn't watch it live because it's airing you know, at like 5.30 in Hawaii, but then I watched it after. But yeah, um, everyone should go to Maui. It's the best place on earth. Can't wait to go back. Had an awesome wedding. Have an awesome wife. Very lucky.
1: Okay. Good, But really I'll, remain,
2: I'll remain mysterious and people will still love me, I hope.
1: Yes, for sure. Every year we're going to go back for you, the most important day, the anniversary of the Rami Malik episode. That'll be what you'll remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, joining us as well uh, is the great Nicole Rovine. Nicole, you did not get married since the last time we saw you on the podcast, right? I
3: definitely did not, but thank you so much for asking. Um, I've been pretty busy, pretty not busy, pretty normal, just my usual kind of life. Um, but I'm so excited. This is my favorite show that we do. It's—it's it's, Every time we do it, it feels like there's something new to explore and we're, we're going back to our roots and we're also growing and doing more than we thought possible the last time. So I'm just ecstatic to be here.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I can't wait. I know that uh, Nicole, you know, co produced this episode. So, uh, you know, you have to give her a big thumbs up for a lot of the data that we're going to see today as well. And then joining us, this is somebody that I knew would be the perfect fit for the by the numbers show. It is the great Jamie Burwood from TV show graphs. Jamie, how are you?
0: I am great. I am still in a bit of a turkey coma from the past weekend, but doing well. Just drove up yesterday back home to Boston from Maine, spending some time with family. But yeah, really happy to to be here and talk data with you all.
1: Yes, for sure. And we yeah, I forgot we have two Bostonians, right with us right now, Mike and Jamie. So that's, that's uh, two Massachusetts people. So yeah. Jamie, so for people who I know you're on a roundtable with us and people who maybe don't follow you on social media. I mean, one of the reasons that we knew we had to have you on the show is because you produce these incredible graphics about TV shows. So can you just tell the listeners, you know, what it is that you do? And you know, why you are uniquely qualified to talk about the stats of SNL?
0: Yeah, so I am super passionate about all things TV and all things data. So on my website and Twitter, I do a lot of just graphs, visualizations, having to do with all different types of TV data throughout history. Um, so SNL is one of the best shows, in my opinion, for looking at data, just because there are so many years worth of history, so many ways you can look at the data from hosts to cast members to sketch related data. There's just so much out there. Um, So yeah, I always love kind of looking at things in new ways when it comes to favorite TV shows. So I think SNL is, is a perfect one for that.
1: Okay, well, that's great. And I can't wait to do this with all of you. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the data from the first seven episodes of SNL this season in season 47. If you missed it, we had a great preseason show right before the season with Mike and Nicole, where we talked about our predictions based on the data from last season for this season. So if you do want to stop the podcast, if you're listening after the fact, and go back and watch that one, you can see how wrong we were about all of our predictions so far in season 47. So that's always fun to do. But now let's talk about this season. So Mike, let's introduce all of our new listeners to your rankings. Can you tell the listeners how your rankings
2: work? Sure. I call them the power rankings. It changes week to week depending on um, the impact that each cast member had in that particular episode. So I just um, did a lot of number crunching over the past few seasons to find the perfect formula or algorithm. And uh, it combines screen time that I wait um, using pr- the prime time versus the entire episode. So if you're up here between cold open and update, you get a little uh, uh, bump there, and then your appearances and those are weighted as well. So if you have a lead in the sketch, that counts more than being like a background in the sketch. Recurring characters saying live from New York at Saturday night, things like that um, factor in too. But keep it like pretty straightforward. Um, just two factors of uh, screen time and appearances. And then it comes into one number. And then so every week they kind of just go up and down and, you know, see who's uh, who's in the front and who's in the back. And uh, it's been really fun. Yeah.
1: And I think that the goal here for anyone who's listening and is like, oh, well, I love watching, you know, your opinions on the round tables and the hot take shows, but why would I want to know about the statistics? Maybe I'm not that into data. I think our goal here in this show is to find the most objective evaluation of SNL cast members. We have so many personalities on our network that come every single week and talk about their opinions on the sketches and the cast. But objectively, if you look at the data, which cast members are doing great on the show and which ones aren't. And we believe by looking at Mike's rankings and looking at some of the other data we're going to show you, we're going to be in a great position to tell you who needs to improve as we move forward the season and who is absolutely killing it so far. So I'm sure a lot of you who are listening live have those names in your head. Uh, we are also live on YouTube. So as we go through these, this data please feel free to write it in the chat we love to interact with you guys throughout the show so that is always fun nicole tell us where you want to start tonight are we starting with mike's power rankings
3: yeah so we're gonna go right into mike's power rankings we're gonna start with the cast members so um yeah i think mike just just take it away so go from we went through i feel like the the methodology and everything so let's just get right into it i think
1: perfect Okay, Mike. So I'm going to bring that up on screen, and let's talk about the people at the top of the list. That's what we should
2: start with, right? Sure. Yeah, and I'll just point out that this is um, this is from the first seven episodes average. So um, I okay. do it week to week, so uh, they'll kind of you know bounce up and down, like I said. But this is you know the first show we've done for this season, so this is where it stands at the current moment after seven shows.
1: All right Mike, so here we have on screen we have our top ten I guess we're down to twenty cast members if you don't include Kate who has not appeared yet, so we're dividing the cast in half and we're showing the people that are all in the top ten and above average, correct
2: that's right, so okay I'm heat up
1: all right, so let's go through it so i'll I'll read this out and then Mike, I'd like you to tell me things that stand out to you in the top half of the list, okay, first up is Cecily she has a ninety three Uh, We have Keenan, who is in second at about a 90. We have Colin Jost at 74. Ego Wodum at 71. James Austin Johnson coming in, rounding out the top five at 66. We have Mikey Day at 63.6. 80 at about 61. We have Alex Moffitt at 57.6. Then we have Heidi Gardner at 55.8. And Pete Davidson rounds out the top 10 at 53.2. So Mike, let me send it over to you.
2: Well, I think it's the story of the whole season. Uh, James Austin Johnson, being a rookie, um, had the best rookie debut I think in SNL history. Um, you know, if it, going at least modern history, modern history, the past like thirty seasons, um, and he's in the top five. So can't can't not say that first. Um, he does cold opens. He's done. He does everything. I guess besides update, but uh, we'll see about that in the next two shows. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing that is the lead story is, is Jaj J. in the top five. He is like taking over for, you know, back and Kate, um, screen time and he's in there. And I think also, uh, Ego, um, is like now solidly the lead female of SNL, which is, I think a, should be a bigger headline as well.
1: Very interesting. Okay. Nicole, let me send it to you. What are your headlines that you see from the top 10?
3: Yeah. So for me, what stands out in addition to the J.A.J. storyline are two things. One, of course, Cecily and Keenan are really the leaders of the season. And in a way that we've seen Kate Mm -hmm. McKinnon historically has been above both of them pretty much always. But the the three have been really important for a really long time. So that's cool to see. Cecily feels like she's been so integral to the show for so long. But it feels like this season she has really the star of the show. And it's kind of as simple as that. um, Pretty much every episode, Cecily has been at the top, if not very close to it. The other thing I think is interesting is we have some weekend update uh, kind of representation here. Colin Jost is number three. And I think that's a reflection of a big cast. I think that Colin Colin has more screen time than Che this season. Um, but I think that that's more likely to happen when we have a big cast and everyone is involved pretty much and gets a few minutes each per episode, but we don't have Kristen Wiggs that are just running around and appearing in almost everything. It's, it's not really like that. Even the, someone, the Cecily, who is dominating the season, she probably has, you know, 40 minutes at a time, some episodes where she is sitting around like, doesn't have you know she it's not in everything um so i think that's a reflection of the big season for an update anchor to be so high
1: mike our our friend jamie do in the chat asks about colin jost so just for anybody who is listening i want to explain how somebody like colin ends up in the top three even though he's only in one segment mostly a week
2: sure um colin jost is like typically gets um top three screen time per episode um, he's like you know sometimes double che um but the reason he's uh, oh he's basically always in the top um, top seven um usually top five but um per episode it's that he is the star of that one segment so if you're che or Jost and you're hosting update you are you know get an a role for that um segment you know i do them a b c or d a is a lead b is a supporting c is a background or like a a singular purpose uh, role in a sketch and D is like a off screen role, like a voice or like a still image or something like that. Um, so Colin gets an a once an episode gets a ton of primetime screen time because it's um, between cold open and update. So weighs a little heavier. And I mean, if you're watching SNL on YouTube or you watch it live, like you're going to catch update, you're going to see Colin Jost every episode. So he's never going to be number one, but he's always going to be high up.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. He's in the top three. That's that's really incredible. Uh, Jamie Burwood, what are your thoughts on the top 10 that we see from this cast?
0: Yeah, so I think it's a really interesting top 10. I think kind of to Nicole's earlier point, kind of Cecily and Keenan at the top, and especially just looking at that gap. So seeing the two of them really in that 90-ish range, and then just how much it drops off before we get to kind of that gradual decrease of everyone else really stood out to me. So I think the way that I see them at this point is they're almost like, these anchors, like male and female anchor of the show in a lot of ways. And I think as Nicole was saying, I've just been so impressed with Cecily and how I think folks may have felt like you've seen everything with her. She's been around for a while, but I think she's really brought a a lot of new stuff to the table. So that's been great. Um, And then even I think just going a little bit further down here. It's, it's interesting actually to me to see some of the people that didn't make the top 10. I don't know if we'll talk about this in a bit, but like for me, surprising not to see Bowen here. It looks like he's someone to me who I feel like maybe the lack of screen time may be hurting his rankings, but I think when he is on screen, it's such a, a big, almost like water cooler kind of moment um, that, that he's an interesting one in the context of these rankings.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that for sure. I think that what stands out the most to me, and obvious, the, the obvious things are, you know, there's three headlines here. There's Cecily and Keenan dominating the you know first part of the season. There's J.A.J., a. a rookie with zero expectations. If you, t- if you Like I said, if you listen to our preseason show, no expectations for J.A.J. And all of a sudden, who would have thought uh, about, you know, a couple months later, we're talking about him being in the top five of Mike's power rankings. That's pretty incredible. But the thing that stands out to me the most here is that constantly on our roundtables and our hot takes shows this season, we've been saying how the tone of the show has become very male centric this season and men have been dominating the season. So, but if you look at these top 10 in the power rankings, actually four of the top 10 are women. And if if you take Colin Jost out of it, it's really four of nine, right? So it's actually fairly even in the top 10 in terms of women in terms of their screen time and appearances on the show compared to men. So, Nicole, can i go to you on this? I'm curious why subjectively a lot of us would feel like women have not had the strongest voice on the show in season 47, yet if you look at the numbers, we see that they're, you know, it's more even.
3: Yeah, it's it's really fascinating to to think about and the my initial thought is that we've had 6 out of 7 Men to host, and so that will add up the bro factor a lot. Even if um, you know the if on a given episode, the host is going to be the highest, so that energy will carry a lot of the bro vibes. Um, but it is kind of a positive thing because I had I think we'd all we all would have guessed that there would have been less representation from women on this top ten just because it's felt very broy, and I know we've. Had some thoughts about how it's been very male-dominated as far as the hosts, but if you think about it, maybe that's been giving more opportunities to the women on the cast than we thought. Maybe it's actually it's just it feels bro-y because there's a bro-y host, but actually when you just look at the cast, it's it's closer to even. Um, so that's where I'm thinking, but I'm it's a lot to to uh, consider for sure.
1: Yeah, Jamie, I think what I'm always looking for in these By the Numbers show, it shows is where does the data contradict general discourse and opinion? And I think here is a classic example of a potential disagreement that the numbers show versus what we feel when we're watching the show.
0: Yeah, agreed. I'm really glad you all brought up that example because I feel like I completely agree nicole i feel like the host host plays a big role in that and i think it's been nice that sometimes when you have the host taking some of those like shiny gigs in a sketch that leaves the female cast members like you said the opportunity to kind of step up and and play some of those those roles as well um and i think even just looking at like some of the the sketches in humor of the season i feel like even if they maybe have a little bit of a, a bro vibe i feel like there's also been kind of a universal nature in a lot of the writing. Like I look at even like the men's room sketch as an example where like pretty sure all all dudes in that sketch, but a lot of the things they are talking about, just like awkwardness are very universal. So I feel like even though there is that kind of broish element, it's interesting how I think there's been a lot of um, just great material that kind of strikes a chord across the board.
1: For sure. And just to recap, I mean, we have Cecily at one, Ego at four, 80 at seven, and Heidi at nine. So firmly in those in that top 10. Mike, do you want to jump in on this conversation? We also have our friend uh, Nick in the chat is saying, is it because the bro sketches seem to split the screen time between the available men? What is your opinion for, you know, or what's your answer to this question we're discussing?
2: I think that's a great um, take by by Nick then. I think, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, divide and conquer. The The men are just getting their one shot. But um yeah, I think it's a great uh take, John, that you brought it up in the first place. And uh one thing I in, in said I could add is like um we've seen a lot of uh women anchor the the cold open with um two Janine Pirro's, Heidi as Ted Cruz. Um so like I think those those things for sure, you're gonna get a lot of eyes on you right at the top of the show. Um if you're if you're the, if you're anchoring the cold open, like you're basically on screen like the whole time. Um so I think that's probably one thing I could add to that as we're we're seeing women lead off the show. And I, th- I don't think that's really a new thing on SNL. I feel like, you know, I almost expect it, you know, you get like a female-led cold open.
1: Right. And, you know, some of the cold open heavy hitters, including James Austin Johnson and Alex Moffat, are firmly in the top 10 as well. Uh, Moffat is the one thing that surprises me here because... Season 46, if you watch all our by-the-number shows then, it was constantly Alex Moffat being near the bottom. So this is a major step up, and something I think we're going to talk about a little bit later on in our show is the differences between last year and this year. All right, let's 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 talk about the bottom 10. Let me bring that up on screen. Nicole, can you just tell us, you know, what, what are the types of things we can expect to see in the bottom 10 while I get that graph up?
3: Yeah, I mean, so we're talking about how it's been a very bro season, and yet, um, it's been pretty evenly distributed in the top 10. So in the bottom 10, it might be that we don't have a lot of men very far at the bottom. Maybe they're kind of wet. I i don't even remember looking at this. I looked at it earlier, but my, <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess, um, from what I saw earlier today is that there's a lot of men in like the 11, 12, 13 range. Um, and they're all kind of firmly getting up that screen time. Um,
2: but. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good
1: vamp. All right. Let, let me bring this up. <laughs> okay here we go all right let's talk about our bottom 10 oh there you go okay perfect so uh, let's talk about our bottom 10 and these are the people that are all under average so it's it is interesting mike that it worked out perfectly that the top 10 is above average and the top bottom 10 is below average our average we're looking at is 49.35 for the rankings and right below average starting off our bottom 10 is chris red at 48.3 we have kyle right behind him at 48.2. Che is at 47. We have Bowen at 37. We have Andrew Desmukes at 36. Chloe Feynman at 31.5. Melissa at 30. We have Sarah at 25.4. Punky at 25.2. Aristotle at 20.5. And then obviously Kate is uh, not applicable for this particular one, but we put her on the chart anyways. Okay, Mike. Thoughts on what you get to see here from the bottom 10?
2: Um, no, no surprises. We'll see uh, if we don't count Kate. We have um, the bottom three are either like rookies or sophomores um, with um, Aristotle, Punky, and Sarah. Um, I, I, I expected a bigger leap from Chloe and Bowen, so I'll lead off with that. Um, it's, I think it's great that we've seen like some of these vets that have stayed on that maybe we were surprised at, like Kyle or Cecily um to be making like a or um off it, to be making a jump. You'd think they kind of would have settled in, but they've actually like increased and we'll see that later. Um but Mukes has made uh some uh jumps and we're gonna see uh, the actual screen time differential. But um yeah, I thought I, I feel like we are trending uh in a in a certain upward direction with uh Chloe Feynman and she and her and Bowen had like a really slow start to the season. And I know we were, the, the story was like J A J and then we didn't really see a ton of Chloe like to would appear like once an episode. And, um, Bowen, uh, but like the first few episodes wasn't in much and then had a big splash in the Rami Malek episode, but, and then, yeah, I think it's funny. I w- like the biggest comment I'll get is people always say like, why are, why are Che and Jost, uh, different ranking? It's like, cause Jost is like 75% of the time on update and he gets way more guests. Um, tells longer you know more more jokes in succession you know Che will go and t- tell one one joke and then yeah. Jos will tell four you know but i do when michael Che laughs i do count that as screen time because he is being heard so whenever Che <laughs> is giggling i'm i'm hitting the stopwatch so he does get full credit for everything uh but i think it's funny because what do you say uh, jose was in the 70s and uh chay's at 47 so you know yeah that's a it's big like, difference
1: It's a crazy difference. I wonder, I mean, again, we one day we'll do the historical by the numbers on certain comparisons, but you do have to wonder other commentating pairs on Weekend Update, how they would compare in terms of like there being a big difference in the past. That's something that's interesting. Um, We have I'm Alive in the chat. who's asking if we include cut for time sketches. So, Mike, you want to explain what's canon and what's not canon?
2: It's everything that just airs live. So if you don't make it on the show, you don't make it on the stats.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, Jamie, can I start with you on this one? Can you tell me what you see from the bottom 10?
0: Yeah, so I think this is another one where just kind of almost the like tiers of where people are at kind of stand out to me. So seeing that first tier um, where we have, it looks like uh, Michael, Kyle, and Chris, um, and just kind of, I feel like they're kind of more, more kid. like if we look, I think Pete was the lowest on the other um, graph. I feel like there's kind of like this this middle tier at this point of of folks who, we see them from time to time and they're kind of maybe making a mark in some ways, but not really kind of taking that, that top spot. Um, I mean, my, my main gut reaction to this is I think just a little sad for some of the folks that I love that are on the lower end of this graph. Um, So I think punky is one for me where I just feel like I was hoping to see a little bit more kind of coming into sophomore season for her and just, I feel like there's been a lot of talk about the new class and the new folks. And I feel like maybe a little bit like last year's new class is getting like not as much talk or maybe like getting a little bit overshadowed by this year's new class. So hoping that we still see that like growth from some of the folks who've been on the show for for two or three years. But um, yeah, I think like Punky and obviously like Aristotle really have enjoyed him. So hoping we see some more more growth in the coming episodes there.
1: Makes sense. Nicole, what are your thoughts on the bottom ten?
0: Yeah,
3: the biggest thing that stands out to me for storylines is kind of the lack of storyline for Bowen and Chloe. We for our preseason show a few months ago, we were we were talking about our hopes for them because they both had, I would say, above average freshman and sophomore seasons. They both really made a splash and were memorable. People were very excited for them for uh, for what was to come in their third year. And if you look at the the, the bottom, you know six or seven here, save for the, the first years, it, it doesn't look that different from last year. You know, it, it doesn't, there isn't any sort of jump for these, these two players that were promoted. And it's, it's interesting. We, we talked a lot about it a few months ago. Does it really meet, is that jump, you know, is it just, well, what does it mean? And and how is is it just, you kind of have to keep on going and getting your gradual growth on the show or, you know, it, it just, it wasn't as uh, significant of a change as we would have thought. So I'm kind of interested in that. And then as I mentioned, it looks like um, I had some confirmation bias, I guess with what I thought this would be, because I had looked at it earlier, but there are just a lot of dudes with like a solid middle lower tier action going on, and there's that that explains the bro-y nature of it and Nick in the chat that was an amazing point is there are so many men on the in the cast who aren't necessarily at the Cecily level, but a larger number of men are at this middle tier getting a lot of screen time and interacting with each other in these broy moments and uh so that that's another thing that's uh I kind of we're thinking about the storylines and the data, and that's kind of starting to make sense for me and come together.
2: Yeah, I'll just jump in just to give some context for the uh, Chloe and Bowen comparison that Bowen finished last year like uh, entirety of season 46 at a, at a 43 and Chloe at a 42. So that was their sophomore season and they were like really on the rise and like really even as well. Like not one was really taking over the other one as like the star of that class. Um, So they're, you know, Bowen's down, I guess, six points from last year's average and Chloe's down 11. So I would have thought that they might have went up like two or three.
1: Yeah. Mike, what do you attribute that to though?
2: Um, big cast size. And it probably is uh new writers, maybe like the new writers want to write for new people or they want to write for the vets. And so if you're kind of in the middle, they're like, Oh, I want to write for Cecily in her last year, or I want to write for, you know, Sarah in her first year. But like, you know, I'm not thinking about someone who's in there like third or fourth. So, I mean, that's that's a big part of the show that, um, you know, sometimes we're lucky enough to really get insight, um, on who's writing what and with whom. But, um, that's that's a huge part of what influences these, these numbers is like, whose sketch is getting on the air and who do they pick for the sketch. So you're like, we've said a million times that if you're putting Keenan and Cecily and Kate and eighty in your sketch, like, is this more likely to get picked up than a alex moffat driven like you know quirky sketch or something
1: for sure i think the thing that stands out to me here in the bottom 10 is like uh, uh, here i'll tell you what what i expected i think that what we're seeing from aristotle and sarah is typical first year stuff like they're very low on the rankings they're 20 or 25 my expectation is by the end of the season they're going to be a little bit further up but probably near the bottom typical for a rookie season on snl um Melissa Villasenor Senor has been near the bottom of the rankings for a very long time. So, um you know, she I, I wouldn't say that she's having a bad season by any means, but you know, she's in, you know, near the bottom and this is kind of where we see. I think Chloe and Bo- Bowen for sure surprises for me, that's something that we spoke about. And I think that the uh the biggest surprise for me on this list for sure is Punky Johnson at 25.25. I mean, that to me is very crazy. I think that she was brought back for a reason. They let Lauren Holt go prior to the season. So the question is, is like if you're going to keep Andrew and you're going to keep Punky, you need to be able to, that we need to see that increase in them. And I'm surprised that we haven't gotten any of it, including the fact that Punky was shut out of the last episode. So that is something that you know I'm really looking as far as like Danger Watch is like what's going to be happening with Punky moving forward. Is she going to remain here near the bottom? Because that's something like that's a big storyline to watch throughout the second half of the season. The other thing I'll say is Chris Red. Uh, I know he's only at eleven, so really right near the middle. But Chris Red has been in a lot of sketches this season, Mike. I think I have. If I'm just looking at my data, I think Chris has been in about 23 sketches. So somebody like Heidi, who's a little bit above him, has been in 25. Moffat is a little above him, has also been in 23 sketches. So uh, what's interesting for me with Chris is like he's in a lot of sketches, but probably for a short period of time. Is is that right, Mike?
2: Yeah, totally, totally. Like uh, two that come to mind right away when you brought up Chris was uh, the first episode with the um, the testing uh, kit thing with this Mukes and, and uh, Sarah. When like he shows up as the mailman for like a line and then he was like in uh, the uh, walk in and statin for like two seconds, you know. So uh, that's really the beauty of this singular number is you know, I get asked a lot like what the hell do these numbers mean? It's like it's because if you look at two sets of data, they're gonna kinda deceive you. So if you see one number is gonna tell you both sides of the story. That if you're in the background for a while, it's not necessarily better than being the lead for a pre-tape that's only two minutes. Um, so, but yeah, Chris Red is uh, down ten points. So he's like a negative ten from last season, um, ranking wise. But you know, he's him and Heidi are both you know from the same same class that Luke Null class. So they're like, you know, they're they're very reliable. They'll be in any, everything. Um, yeah. But for sure, yeah, definitely the the limited time for Chris. And yeah, he I, I haven't seen him uh, lead too many. Like he got that Kieran Culkin pre tape where he was the lead.
1: Yeah, I think that what I have to say is like when I look at your rankings, Mike, anytime we do this, it's the below the 35 range that really scares me for some people. I think that's the number that like I'm always looking at as a number that stands out. And I don't usually count rookies in something that I'm too worried about. So someone like Sarah and Aristotle being a 25 and 20, not really that crazy. But Chloe, Melissa, Punky, those are the three that it's like, eh, okay, they're 31, 30 and 25. That's that's a little low. So we'll be interesting to see what happens with them.
2: Um, we did our very first by the numbers show beginning of season 46 with our friend Andy. Um, He was, we were making a lot of uh, sports comparisons and he said like, what's he has like, Mike, what's the Mendoza line of where do you want to be? And uh, definitely to survive, you want to be above 40, but if you're above 60, I feel like that's like, if I went back and kept going back, you're like an SNL star. So the fact that like Kate is like North of a hundred, you know, she's like, you know, dominates the show, but, um, for sure that, uh, and, uh, Lauren Holt was a 22. So that's her career. You're at, this is 22. So definitely can't, can't rely on, uh, you can't expect to be asked back when you're a 22, I guess. So punky, we need, we need you.
1: Yeah. And if you're talking about people above 60, this season, just to remind people, the people above 60 are 80, Mikey, JJ, Ego, colin keenan and cecily so those are our it's the top seven that's above 60 this season uh okay so up next we have we're gonna bring up a chart which will be the differences between season 47 power rankings and season 46 power rankings so we want to see what has changed between these two seasons so i will bring that up on screen right now this is actually
2: uh just raw screen time
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. So, so uh, I know a lot, lot of people
2: uh, a lot of people are just like, "Oh, just give me the screen time." So, it's like this is just this is what it is. If you want to know just raw screen time, this is uh average per episode. So, okay. are we seeing are we seeing more of this person this season or are we seeing less? That's what you're seeing here on the screen.
1: Perfect. Okay. Thank. Thank you, Mike. Okay. So we have a bunch of people at the top of the list, and we have some bottoms of the list. So let's talk about the people who are in the green. These are the people who have increased in screen time this season. Uh, we have Cecily with almost a hundred percent screen time increase on average this season. Uh, Alex Moffat is about up about forty percent. Keenan's up about forty percent. Eighty is above is up 32 percent Ego about 30 punky is actually up about 23.4 percent Andrew Dismukes up 23.4 Melissa up 22.8 and Colin up about five percent okay uh Mike what are people looking at here when they see some names on this list that we were talking about being near the bottom of your rankings yet they're increasing in average screen time
2: well this is a percentage increase so if you have a very small um score to begin with or a total of screen time you know and any little bit is going to be a is going to show up a little a lot more than say if you go from 6 minutes an episode to like 6 minutes 10 seconds an episode that's not really a big increase of the of the pie right there so Cecily and 80 you know they missed time last year so that's no surprise but i feel like even the ego fans were like wow we're getting a ton of ego like she is the star the secret mvp unsung hero of uh, 46 so the fact that it was like almost like a false peak and that is continuing to grow, I think, is pretty impressive because five minutes an episode is like really high for SNL. When you tell someone that they're like, oh no, like they must, you know, get 10, 15 minutes each. Like we, we see right now, Cecily, who's the star of the season so far, is getting, you know, six minutes an episode. Keenan six six thirty seven. So like you know, being on SNL for three minutes a night is like you're doing your job.
1: Yeah, Mike, do you have the average total? Like, what is the average screen time for an SNL cast member in season 47?
2: In 47, just like eyeballing it? it would be like... Yeah. 2.48? 3? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Jamie, can you tell me what you're feeling in the green here?
0: Yeah, so I think kind of, as folks were saying earlier, I still would have a little bit of danger watch for someone like Punky. Like, I'm not that excited by a 15-second increase for her, um, and same, same with Melissa. Um, I would say Keenan is the one that, that stood out to me as being interesting, someone who I feel like has been so reliable for so long but still showing such a high percentage increase here so going from it looks like 4 minutes uh, 45 seconds in 46 up to uh 6 minutes 37 seconds in season 47. So uh that's that's an interesting one and I'm curious if folks have any theories around that if it's just kind of again this like anchoring around some of these like tried and true vets um or if there's anything else going on there.
2: Interesting. Mike, you have an opinion on this? Um yeah, no Kate no Beck for sure. Um they were getting tons that they were like number one and two all year last year. So no Kate, no Beck, you get more Cecily and Keenan. So I think that's, that's uh that's the answer right there for them. But yeah, yeah Alex Moffitt, that's a, that's, that's a big story that no, I don't think no one's talking, no one's talking about that. I mean, we've been talking about how he's in the cold opens and that's awesome. Um, that helps the power ranking for sure. But like, I no one was seeing him, uh, especially with, uh, losing the Biden gig that he was going to be, um, that's a that's a pretty big increase 40% for someone who is like maybe fringe like you know are they going to stay are they going to go are they did they really ever find their like lane in SNL um alex moffat is like i think we talked about that maybe nicole you can you remember if you listen to the show but like who's going to take like the dad roles i don't know if we've had a ton of dad roles yet but alex moffat for sure is uh more than capable
3: yeah, we did talk about that. We talked a lot about who was going to absorb the Beck roles, and there are quite a few types of Beck roles, whether it's voiceovers, cold open political figures, dads, husbands, um, plain generic white guys, whatever it is. Uh, he's done a lot. And We had a bunch of different guesses, but I, I think our, the short answer to who is absorbing the largest number and type of those roles would, would definitely be Alex Moffat. And, and it, it's been in this way that's a little um, kind of under the radar. He's he's having a big impact. He's doing a lot in a lot of sketches, having screen time in them. And he's the only person who's been in every cold open so far. JJ was close to to being right there too. I think he's been in six out of seven. So he's been just a very solid under the radar grounding force on the show which sounds a whole lot like beck so maybe that's a storyline we're going to look towards is 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 he a new beck and that's so simplistic to to ask but maybe that's kind of where we're heading
1: Yeah. And I think that what the most fascinating part of what we're seeing here in season 47 is I just, you know, we've been saying this for a long time, but Beck leaving and Kate not being there, it to me is like the beginnings of the transition. A lot of people feel that season 47 is almost like the season 31 uh where it's like a lot of you know it's a big cast and there's a lot of people who are there and then you know we lost some people at the time like tina and finesse and and horatio and stuff at the time and then they cut it down parnell and it all it all got cut down to like a really incredible cast in season 32 and i don't know if it's going to be as simple to jump from 47 to 48 that way but i think that as we're transitioning from you know to 48 and 49 i think we are going to lose some of these heavy hitters at the top of the list and i think that what we're seeing is is like the new writers are coming in and using these people as best as they can to, like, hone their craft. So, like, the new writers are coming in and writing stuff for Cecily and writing stuff for Keenan and writing stuff for Ego, like, some really big all-stars on the show. And then it'll be interesting to see once, like, Cecily and Keenan and Eighty start to move on what will happen with some of these people so i actually think the trends here are really positive where we get to see now in a very good season of the show the heavy hitters are doing their thing and the the big question mark will be can they continue to do that especially as something which you brought up nicole was you know people not being there this was something that happened a lot uh, you know, last season and now this season, with Kate potentially coming back and Cecily potentially maybe not being there for every single week, that'll be something that'll be interesting to watch. I think,
3: especially in the the pandemic heavy season, there seemed to be from Lauren, from everybody at SNL, there there seemed to be a, an encouraging of if you have other projects that you want to pursue, do it, go for it. You know, get your name out there, expand your horizons. Which is a, we have talked a lot about how that. In itself is ushering in a new era of SNL because the world, the entertainment industry, comedy specifically, it's just growing and growing. And as iconic as SNL still is and will forever be, there are just a larger number of avenues to be in the comedy world. And so as a result, it's not always that SNL is the training grounds and you spend five or seven amazing years here and then you go have a TV show where you go do other things. Maybe it's more, you can be at SNL for seven or nine or 11 years. And when you have a really cool project going on, you take four months where you're kind of MIA and you, you do your other stuff and you can have this career that has multiple things going on. And that, I think that, that trend was much more observed last season, say for Kate, who is very much doing what, what I'm describing this season. But um, we're I'm really curious to see if that is going to continue in the spring, if we're going to have what was going on last season again in, with a larger number of cast members.
0: And I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I actually don't mind it when we have these little pauses. Like when we have someone like Kate step away for a while and it's almost like, okay, opportunity for everyone else, see who steps up. And I similarly wouldn't mind if like that kind of rotates through and you kind of get these almost just... Here's your chance to kind of take on take on some of those roles that maybe would have automatically just gone to someone like Kate in the future or in the past.
1: Yeah, and let me read out this bottom of the list because that, this is you know perfect transition to what I wanted to talk about here. And the bottom of the list, the people who are in the red with percentage of less screen time on average is Kyle Mooney, about three percent less than last season. Uh, Pete Davidson about five, almost near six. Uh, Heidi about seven and a half percent less. Bowen around eight. Uh, Chris Red around sixteen. Mikey Day around almost 20%, 19.3% less screen time the last season. Chloe Fineman down 23.3% less screen time on average. And then Michael Che down 23.67%. So this is what's fascinating for me over here, which is we talked a lot about Kate not being there, yet people who... I thought would step up in her absence include Chloe Feynman, who's down about 23% in screen time. And people who I think actually are stepping up and getting a lot of the Kate roles is somebody like Heidi Gardner, yet down in screen time from last season. So that's something that's really fascinating to me. Mike, what do you make of that?
2: I think it's very surprising. I'm, I mean, Heidi is like pretty negligible. That's like, you know, 17 seconds um so she's pretty much right in that and you know, anyone who's in the middle of this uh, chart right here is like has basically is you know has been the same as last year um but yeah i, I maybe it's because i i there's been like, we just talked about Cecily and keenan but there's like there i don't i don't know there's been a ton of um there's been a lot of ensemble this year like sometimes if it's a sketch that like there's no clear um distinction between who's the leader who's like um, setting the pace of that sketch, um, you know, on the uh, you know not only on camera the most, but really leading the tempo and of that sketch. Like they're like a clear A for me. Like you know, it's it, it, there's some subjectivity, but I I keep it really consistent, so it's um, you know I can go back to other seasons and it will still hold up. But yeah, there's been a lot of like with 21 cast members, really 20 with no Kate. Like they're using a lot of people just coming in and out. So. There's not a ton of breakthrough moments. I mean, if you're on up the update desk, you get a you get a breakthrough moment. Um, But I think the Heidis and the Chris's, Kyles, um, and especially Mikey, like sometimes they just get lost in the shuffle because they're they're not anchoring the sketch where Cecily anchors like mostly every sketch she's in, and you know she's still continuing to sing a lot. So.
1: Right. Well, I I would still argue that this is Heidi's best season. I certainly think that your point is correct, Mike, that she's not necessarily getting the A-rolls that Kate would get, but she is filling in in a way that I think, I think she's still doing something, some really good things on this season, so I'm impressed with, uh, that I am very impressed with. Nicole, uh, thoughts on what we get to see from the bottom of this list?
3: Yeah, I mean... It's, it's interesting. I, I think what, what Mike said about getting lost in the shuffle sound, sounds about right. Somebody like Mikey Day is such a good utility player to me. I feel like he's kind of at his best when I'm forgetting about him because he can blend in really well. And I think he's, he's probably best known for the roles where he's like the kind of the one that's like, what's going on, everybody? Like he's like making everybody else look crazy, but then he kind of acts is crazy like that's that's a vague way of describing kind of his his ideal role um and so i think i I, i'm a big fan of his but i think i just wouldn't have even been able to guess where he would be on this list because when i am enjoying him and valuing him it's not necessarily when i'm even aware of how much he's on the screen because he just is that kind of player um so yeah i mean i'm pretty fascinated also by how chloe and Che are much identical on this list—minus um, twenty-three point three one percent for Chloe and minus twenty-three point six seven percent for Che. And they're just such different—you uh, know—their roles on the show are very different. We've we've talked a lot about um, on different roundtables and things that Chloe is having. She has a lot of star power and star momentum outside of the show right now, and I think that is being reflected in her roles on the show because she she and Pete. Are occupying a very similar space right now in season forty seven is they get a lot of buzzy impressions that are not very long. They they go on the stage for for in a sketch for a couple seconds and they do something that will be in the news or they do a, a coveted coveted impression of somebody very famous um, and then they're not there for much longer. Except uh, so you know that that's it, it's actually very similar to me. Um, so I think Chloe is somebody who is making an impact when she's on the screen, at least as far as headlines are concerned, as far as, um, you know, people that were are in the news that we want to see on SNL uh, being impersonated. So it's interesting. And then Che is, I don't know, I've one thing I've noticed is, is Jost has, I think, for example, the last episode, both of the two um, segments on update with characters, Kyle and 80, both were at the desk with Colin, not with Jay, and I think they try to kind of do one in one, or if it's three people, two and one. Um, but clearly, that does it happens. It doesn't happen enough for this to be a significant drop, and at least in this season.
1: Yeah, Jamie, what do you think about the bottom of the list? Anything stand out to you?
0: Yeah, so I think just in addition to to what everyone else said, I think this kind of range of folks where it's not necessarily the biggest percentage decrease but where I would have liked to see them really dominating in the green so I know we talked earlier a little bit about Bowen so again a drop in maybe you know, 13 or so seconds of screen time isn't too concerning but someone who I would actually like to see really in the like double digits of the green and kind of more in this like stagnant amount of screen time um, but I feel like Bowen and heidi both are are ones where even though they're not necessarily like seeing that growth, I do feel like anecdotally when they've appeared this season, there is, like I said earlier, there's, there's buzz. I feel like they're, they're doing great work. So hopefully that, that starts to reflect in some of the numbers as well.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think one of the things that really is a theme of this episode is, you know, we talk a lot about the effect of missing somebody like Beck Bennett and Kate McKinnon and, you know, adding these new people into the cast. So, you know, where does James Austin Johnson, as well as Sarah Sherman and Aristotle Atari stand in terms of their screen time and obviously we can't compare 46 to 47 for those three but what we can do is we could take a look at their screen time compared to other rookies in their first episode so that's the next thing we're going to bring up mike you want to do a little bit of a setup if you don't mind while i bring that chart up on screen
2: yeah no problem um also just because it hasn't been mentioned yet uh that's relevant especially like thinking about rookies on the next slide but uh, we haven't mentioned the please don't destroy guys like so they're they're uh, competing with these rookies and sophomores too. So you got a bloated cast, a lot of vets, you have five rookie sophomore guys. Um, you know, so you got someone like if I were if I were Andrew Dismukes, I'd be like, Hey, like I'm this is this is my second season. I, I wanna be uh, getting my own pre-tape. Like, who are you guys? But that's just like, you know, that's it's more competition. I mean, that's why we look at the stats because it is you know whether you like to admit it or not is it is a competitive um you know it's a live show so you it happens and then it's over so if you don't get on you don't get on um yeah. so yeah uh, those guys we haven't talked about them yet so i figured i'd just throw them out there
1: well, also, Mike, I feel like to make the sports comparison, I feel that the please don't destroy guys are like uh, running backs and wide receivers. They're like your Cordarrelle Pattersons of the world, where you can play them at two positions because they're all cast members, but also writers in, in a way. So it's it's like they get they have the the positional flexibility to move up right. these charts. So obviously, it'd be a little bit unfair to include them.
2: Right? Yeah. I mean, if you had Martin Hurley in your flex for the dog hands, then right. you know you had a good uh good handcuff right there so we're taking we're taking a look at um what your rookie season looks like um to the first seven episodes compared to the most recent rookies which we all remember well so um i thought it was a fun one because we now can have the hindsight of knowing that lauren holt did not make it to a sophomore season so i don't think anyone would have watched seven episodes last season and been like lauren holt is you know the next kristen wig or jan hooks but She did get more screen time than her um, peers. So and then, of course, J.A.J. is, you know, having more screen time than a lot of the vets. So um, we have season 47, uh, J.A.J., Sarah and Aristotle, 46, Lauren, Punky and Andrew and 45 Bowen and Chloe.
1: Okay, Jamie, what do you think about our rookie screen time in the first seven episodes?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, obviously JJ stands out as the headline there. I think Sarah and Aristotle about what I would expect. Um, It's interesting to see even just some of the variations. So I I like how this is color coded by episodes. So seeing that like for JJ, there are certain episodes like that first episode where he he came out strong and I feel like he was, was really the headline of that episode. And then certain episodes, like it looks like it's episode six here, if I'm looking correctly, where really kind of shrunk down. Um, so kind of seeing that like flip-flopping um, across the episodes is interesting. Um, and Sarah, another one where I feel like she's either like having a moment and people are like, hey, she's doing great or she's barely in an episode at all and maybe it's just a, a tiny side character and like these like tiny little bars that you see for her kind of middle of the of the run so far. So um, I think what'll really be interesting for me is, is the trajectory. And even, like, comparing to some of these other seasons, like, I'd be curious to see for someone like Lauren, did she kind of decrease as the season went on? And are we seeing, like, any, like, upward or downward trajectories from either Sarah or Aristotle? I think J.A.J., J., I feel pretty confident that he's kind of, like, cemented. We kind of know the role that he's going to be playing as this, like, impressionist king and also popping up in lots of random places. Um, but I think the trajectory is, is really what I'll be looking at for, for Sarah and Aristotle.
2: I
1: agree. And Nicole, uh, can we just put the, you know, I, I want to have the JJ conversation, but can we just put the James Austin Johnson stuff to the side for a second? Is there anything else here from the rookie screen time chart that like really stands out to you that you want to make sure the listeners know about?
3: Yeah. So I, one thing that's interesting to me is, um, I, so sometimes when I, I make these like pure screen time charts, it's either, I usually do it in one of two ways. It's by episode or by segment type. So for for listeners, this one, as Jamie said, is by episode. So in each bar, color-coded, is by episode one, two, three. Sometimes we do it by cold open, monologue, even though we haven't had cast members in monologues this this year, which is um, rare considering it's already been seven episodes. Um, Live sketches, pre-tapes, update, etc. So something that is really interesting here is to analyze trends based on, if for a, a, an example here is if you see Sarah, episode six was when she had her breakout update moment that was very well received. People were loving it, talking about it, sharing it, and then you can see the following the the lighter purple if you're if you're watching along. Um, the most recent episode number seven, she had another pretty significant jump, and so you can kind of take that trend and say, okay, her update segment was very well received and all of a sudden when we know she was in four sketches that night which is not um on this chart but um she had kind of small but impactful moments in four different sketches across the night so you can look at that and say okay she had a great night episode six and now we want to keep on writing her into things it's not like that episode she had a bunch of things that were her idea it's other people had ideas and they said, we want to write Sarah into this. She's going to play this role, that role, that role. And that that is just interesting to to think about. And as we keep on going throughout the season, it'll be fun to keep on making this. And we'll see, you know, I have a feeling this muke is going to sneak up uh, pretty soon um, in the, if we're looking at a year ago today, you know, in the coming months, as we keep on analyzing this data, he's he's going to get up there, which will be kind of fun to see. Um, and then, yeah, I think Chloe also is a bit behind Bowen. I think that by the end of their rookie season, they were both pretty equally impactful. And so I think that she's going to catch up to him. This is just based on pure memory. And then we'll, we'll keep on looking at the data. Um, yeah.
2: Cool. Cool.
1: Okay. Um, Mike, I do want to ask you, because I haven't gotten to talk to you all season on the podcast since the season started, about James Austin Johnson. I know we text a lot after every week about the data and stuff like that. But, you know, the historical comparisons often have been to people like Dana Carvey and Daryl Hammond. But, Mike, for me, the, the impressive thing about what we're seeing from James Austin Johnson, again, is this sports comparison, right? Because if you talk about, you know, famous athletes... You know, back in the day, like your Babe Ruths of baseball, there were so many less teams and the rules were a little bit different. You know, you talk about like, you know, you can make the Kareem uh, or versus Jordan versus LeBron, you know, whatever it is, different generations. And I think that what's most impressive to me about what James Austin Johnson is doing in his first seven episodes, which is 30 minutes and 38 seconds of screen time, double that of any we, which we've seen in the last three seasons, which would be Bowen at, you know, just under 15 minutes is the fact that he's doing it in such a large cast and such a different SNL that spreads the love much differently than the people like, you know, than Dana Carvey's cast or Daryl's cast at the beginning. So, can I get your thoughts, Mike, on what James Austin Johnson is doing in his rookie season?
2: I mean, I think it's it's historic. You know, not to be dramatic, but it, it is if you're into this type of stuff, which present company is. So, it's historic. It's, uh, you know, never been done before. Maybe, probably not. Um, but, also interesting that great point about the cast size uh also just side note last episode james austin johnson passed lauren holt's career screen time total so that's another comparison of like 20 episodes with 20 cast members seven episodes with 20 cast members um also I, i should point out that the uh this this year's rookies have the benefit of not having an election year um so even though there might be more varied cameos coming in like this. wait
1: wait wait I have to fight you on this uh I actually think if this was an election year this would be James Austin Johnson's screen time would be even higher.
2: I don't think so. I mean I I don't I think that they wouldn't I don't know if they'd have James Austin Johnson on stage with Alec Baldwin doing that. I mean it was such a weird time with you know but the Jim Carrey thing was like a, a real plan they really wanted to happen and it happened. Um and whether we look back on it fondly or with disdain, but, um, I don't, I, I mean, he's, what he's had a couple Bidens and a couple Trumps. So he, I don't know if he, he could do both like, like, uh, Dana Carvey has done. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing because, um, you know, if you don't have Alec Baldwin coming in and Maya Rudolph coming in every cold open, you get a chance to be in the cold open. Um, but yeah, 30 minutes, 38 seconds. That, that's, that's crazy. And, um, like yeah, Andrew Dismukes' first episode, he uh, played a Buffalo Wild Wings delivery guy. So that was that's much different than being the president, uh, the sitting president. So um, yeah, I think it, it's but that's a great comparison though of looking back. You know, I if you look back at Belushi and Chevy and Aykroyd, you know, and everyone's a rookie. You know, seven cast members. They you know they're they're a second episode with Paul Simon. They just played a B for five seconds. So. It's even if you compare it to them, they're uh, JJ is historic,
1: right? I guess that, that that episode is obviously a complete outlier outlier in terms of like the show being that's like a, a, a different show. If you watch that one, Um our friend Nick in the chat says JJ has had more screen time in episode one than any of last year's newbies through seven episodes. So, yeah, really good point it's insane to me i totally respect and get where you're coming from mike in terms of like yeah maybe this was an election year they would bring be bringing in outsiders and they want the reviews and they would go for the mayas and the jim carrey's and stuff like we saw last year to get those headlines and whatever it is that they were pulling for but i just think that like what we're heading for in season 50 probably with the next election of year um yeah, I have to think James Austin Johnson is going to be dominating that. Oh, and I think sure. that would be, yeah. yeah, that would be like historic in terms of like what he will end up doing. Um, hopefully there won't be JJ fatigue by then, but uh, we will see.
2: And while, while we're looking at it, it's I, I briefly alluded to it at the beginning, but, you know, to have that high of a number without the benefit of a solo update piece is just, you know, add that to the trophy case too, because uh, Sarah had the lead in that sketch I mentioned earlier with this Mukes like the testing kit sketch in the first episode and uh aristotle had his uh, angelo sketch with rami malek but other than that those are the only leads until update so you see um nicole's beautiful color coding you see that those that that deeper purple right there is their update um piece so they got to have a solo update piece in their first um six episodes they were both in episode six the jonathan majors episode where Andrew was his nineteenth episode. Lauren was her twelfth. Punky was her seventeenth episode. So they, you know, they had, a, had to wait their turn through a whole election cycle, a COVID year, and they got one each. You know, Mukes almost went the whole season without one. Uh, people like Beck Bennett, you know, waited seventy-five episodes before they got an update. Um, so obviously, didn't affect his trajectory. But I just want to bring that up because if Aristotle and Sarah didn't have those pieces, they would be, you know, down where the Punky and Andrew's are of last year.
1: Okay, I have a question. If last year was not an election year, is Lauren Holt still on the cast today?
2: In what, in what way? If How would, like playing Karen Pence?
1: No, I'm saying like if she, uh, you said that the rookie class last year was affected by it being an election year. So I'm asking you if you think that this could have partially contributed to her not being here for season 47.
2: Oh, it contributed because we're talking about the first seven episodes, and the elections are in the fall. So you know that those first episodes, one through six, those right in a row, were all you know election, and then culminating with the Chappelle, um, election night one, um, when the election was called. Uh, I I think she would still be um wouldn't be back to answer your question, John, because um, eighty Cecily, and Kate came back. So I think when they told Lauren we're back, Lauren was told you're not.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right, so let's keep going. Let's talk about what we have coming up next. And we talked about a lot of stuff about the cast, which we're going to continue to do all season long. But uh, we are going to talk about the hosts. So let's talk about what we've seen in our first seven posts of the season. And that is our next section coming up. So Mike, we actually haven't heard from you all season in terms of the host. Do you have a particular favorite host?
2: I, I thought part of my mystique was that I don't give my own opinions on the show. Oh, okay, is that it? <laughs> All right. Well just tell tell me a host that stood out to you. Um Jason for sure. Um I, I thought going we we talked about the first four um hosts when we were last together, John and Nicole. Um, so we didn't know about the last three. So we've had seven, seven new hosts, but you know, Jason, not a new host, but first time host. Um so yeah, he I mean he's probably my favorite show. Um Dom made that episode we're gonna see in a second. Um and then yeah I, I i don't remember what we predicted what their scores would be they're about to see but uh i was i think we were least excited for rami Malik. and then when you guys had your live show everyone's like oh rami Malik, that's cool but like i thought he was like great like that was a fun episode and he did like what was asked of him where like you know some of the other the last couple episodes were a little boring
1: yeah okay all right bringing it up on screen so we can talk objectively (laughs) uh let's let's do it okay so we have our power rankings for our first seven hosts of the season and this is just interesting if you're watching this and you get to see the chart which is our average for hosts this season in terms of power rankings is about 255.36 okay Let's start from the bottom. Let's, let's, let's do this in a different way. Okay, so bottom of the list is uh, Simu Leo, who is at 167.84. Jonathan Majors at 186.98. We have Rami Malik in fifth place at 217.07. Now we're getting close to the average. We have Kieran Culkin just under average at 245.99. Owen Wilson at 247.44. Then we go above average to Kim Kardashian West at 257.65. And then somebody who broke the chart and bro- broke Mike's power rankings is Jason Sudeikis at 464.52. So,
2: Mike, I'll leave it to you. I just, I included the average bar because I like to, you know, keep my aesthetic consistent. But I just thought it was like funny just because, you know, the average is kind of meaningless when you have the highest power ranking score. In the history of me doing this, um, with four hundred and sixty-four, so um, actually, oh, with the exception of the bottom two, those are pretty, pretty like down, down the middle scores. So they're definitely not below average uh, whatsoever. Um, Kim's is actually really high. That's a really high score for a host. Um, but yeah, Jason's is still like double that, um, almost double like the second place. Um, so I that, that I just had to include that because it's like, well, it's one, it's one, and then it's uh, six. Um, after that
1: do you have the highest host power ranking score from last season available
2: um yeah it was it was Maya Rudolph
1: okay what was that score do you know it
2: um I think it was 320 okay something yeah I can I can pull it up
1: yeah Yeah. if you want to pull that up I'll I'll head I'll head over to Nicole for her thoughts on the uh the host power rankings Nicole what do you think
3: it's just so funny. I'm happy that, that you included the average mic in this because it's it's so funny that Kim is like two points above the average. So she's like, okay, there are two people above the average, but Kim is two points above it. And then Jason is 210 points above it. It's just, it's crazy. And I think that this, it just is a testament to to Jason and the fact that him hosting was such a long time coming. This, this wasn't a, a host, a former cast member hosting to have a, just a warm vibe and to make everything run smoothly and to kind of contribute wherever was needed, wherever was, was helpful. It was a former cast member who did not have a ceremonious end to his run on the show who has blown up in the last year with a massive hit show. After you know, a, year, a year prior, he was the butt of a lot of jokes about his personal life. He maybe still is the butt of those jokes, but he's also arguably the, the biggest TV star of the moment. Um, so for him to come in here after years and years of so many people wanting him to host, and now here he is, and he is just going to take up every possible role we could have ever thought that he would have he was in the cold open and had a pivotal key role there he was on update he was playing just all across the board in in other sketches all all over the place um it's just you know how 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 many hosts have been in the cold open and had an update segment and been all over everything else it's it's like one of a kind and it's deserved. And, you know, we're all like, we want Jason to host again. We want Jason to host again. And of course I do, but I also kind of like how it was of this really big, beautiful homecoming that it's, it felt like kind of an underdog story. We've been rooting for this for so long. Everybody in the SNL community has wanted this justice for so long and now we get it and it's going to be like justice on, on like a perfect platter. And he's like, all right, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to, remind everybody how amazing I am and then like I gotta to fly to London and like be busy and, and do a lot of stuff and make a lot of money and be really famous and successful so good good for Jason this was everything it should have been for him
1: yeah the two people leading the screen time power rankings it's uh, Justice Janine and Justice for Jason so that's what we get to see here uh Jamie what were your thoughts on the power rankings in our top seven
0: Yeah. So this is interesting. I'd be curious to see kind of like where that average bar would lie. Like if the Jason Sudeikis episode didn't happen or if it was later in the season, I think from my perspective, I felt like there was really this solid kind of middle to upper group of hosts where I felt like they were appearing in a lot of sketches. I feel like playing quality roles. Um, I think for me in particular, like Kieran, Owen, Rami, like that that trio um, was kind of a little bit similar. And so it's it's cool to see them kind of landing in a roughly similar spot here in the power rankings. Um, so yeah, and and I think Kim is an interesting one. So for her, her to be number two on this list, I think um, definitely makes sense. I think people at the start of her episode weren't really sure what kind of role she would play, kind of how active she would be across the episode. And she, I think really, Blew some people away with, with the role that she ended up playing. So so definitely not, to, not surprised to see her in the number two slot behind Jason.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, the most surprising person on this list and where they are ranked in terms of the power rankings is uh, Rami Malek in fifth place. I think people, you know, there's a lot of people who have this as the number one episode of the season. It, it was a lot of their favorites. And Rami definitely felt like he was a large part of that episode. I think I can argue that Jonathan Majors and... Um, and Zimuliu, I can make sense for them being near the bottom, even Kieran Culkin, who the episode was great, but probably, uh, wasn't as a big part of the reason why, but Rami Malek really, I felt like made an impact on his episode. So Mike, what do you attribute to, uh, to him being in fifth on this list?
2: Um, one underrated thing is uh, shorter monologues. So I think the, the bottom three here had, um, the shortest monologue. So that's, you know, you're the a role. Of course you're, you're appearing as yourself, it's prime time. It's, you know, ten minutes into the episode. So I mean, Simu Leo had, I think, the shortest monologue I've ever seen. Um, it's like two forty-eight, something like that. Um, I just just to follow up in your question though, John. Um, My Rudolph had a three thirty-three last season. Okay. Um, Eddie Murphy, the season before, had a three thirty-two. And Will Farrell, who hosted that same season, had had a two seventy. So that's some good comps for Jason as like former cast members very popular, anticipated, especially Eddie. Um and that's he's over he's over hundred and thirty points above that. So he really uh, you know, broke the spreadsheet on that one. And screen time wise, 34 minutes of screen time. Um and that that's I think Maya had like twenty six. So he had like eight more minutes of screen time than my record breaker before. Yeah. And it
1: still didn't feel like enough.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I mean he he's also the only update guest. I mean, he was just on the camera the whole time. Yes, for
1: sure. Uh, and I know there's going to be people who are asking about like for example, like what up with that when he's in that role and then he runs off screen, does that still count as screen time? And the answer Mike is
2: does it does it count when he's off screen?
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are gonna think about, you know, these these big starring roles that he have, but technically like he runs into a scene and he runs off the scene. Just for people who are like learning the methodology of your rankings, technically you don't oh, count uh oh, yeah.
2: screen time. Oh, when he when he jumps in, I count it. When he jumps yeah. out, I stop.
1: Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, this is really fascinating for me. It's always interesting to see how people, you know, one of the questions we had on, you know, our last patron feedback show was where people rank these episodes. And it's interesting by comparison to talk about, you know, how people feel subjectively about it versus where the host actually stands in terms of impact on the show. And Kim Kardashian West being in second place totally makes sense. Despite many people not necessarily feeling that episode, uh, they, she still had a major impact and was all over the tone of that show. So the top two, to me, completely Make sense over here big questions about where the you know the billy eilish and paul rudd will stand and you know where they will fit in this top seven so i think that's one of the things we should do to wrap is we should talk about where billy and paul will fit in the top seven so jamie can i start with you here can you tell me if you had to slot them in based on predictions where are you putting uh billy eilish and where are you gonna put paul rudd
0: yeah so i guess i'll start with paul and i would say i would expect or maybe hope him to be top three if we add him in here so maybe a bit above Kim or a little bit below but I would expect him to kind of come on and like make a presence I think especially like fifth time hosting and just kind of a little bit of press around that um would expect him to to do pretty well in the power rankings I think Billie Eilish is the question mark for me like I think this one is literally like throwing a dart at a board because i really do not have a pulse on like what the tone of her episode is gonna be um i don't know her that well like as a presence or performer so i think it's a a big question mark for me i would probably put her middle of the pack maybe in the like low 200s if i had to take a guess but we'll see on that one
1: yeah i mean the interesting part is that i think billy hosting on her own. Uh, just as the host, probably could end up being a low 200s. But the fact that she's also going to get screen time for being the musical guest, right, Mike? Is that is that how that works? Or do we count that?
2: We don't count it. Um, okay. Because, you know, not every host could could pull that off, do double duty. So when we do the rankings, we don't count that.
1: Okay. Yeah, just want to double check that. So that makes sense. So yeah, Jamie, I, I see your point on that
2: for sure. I think Nick Jonas was uh, last uh, last season for hosts. So just for context, he was he's the only host last year who did double duty. So um Nick Jonas was like 20th of 20 last year. Um and obviously if I we counted that screen time it would be different, but it's like kind of like the one the one difference. Um but Harry Styles and Chance the Rapper had like really, really high scores without their their uh musical performances. So I, I think I think Billy Eilish would be similar to Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas was at one ninety four, one ninety five. So I, I'd say see Billy Eilish being like, you know, I'll say uh, two twenty.
1: So just double checking. So uh, you said that Nick Jonas was the lowest host from last season and he got a 195, but we do have Jonathan Majors and Simu Liu here, both under Nick Jonas from last season. So they're the lowest from the last two seasons, correct?
2: Yeah. um, Simu is the lowest uh, score I've ever seen other than the at-home episodes hosted by Tom Hanks and Kristen Wiig. Huh.
1: That's interesting. So that really goes into what, you know, the conversation was last week on the roundtable, which was that Simu was playing like a, a lot of bit roles throughout the night. And uh, Nicole, I know we were talking on the Hot Take show that night, and we, we said we'd love to see Simu in that, you know, when what he was doing, he really blended in well. So um, interesting perspective. Let me get your thoughts as well as where you would slot in Billy Eilish and Paul Rudd.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised. I would have put Kieran, Jonathan, and Simu, our November hosts, in a bit more of a Of a trio. I I would have, I'm I'm honestly shocked that Kieran is really like in a, he's he's not the average thanks to Jason. So Jason affected the average, but you know, if Jason were like a little bit more in line with everyone, Kieran feels like the kind of middle um, and he is in the middle. So for me, the Kieran episode was fantastic. But when you're comparing that episode and Simu's episode, for me, Simu made much more of an impact on his episode Kieran did. And as you said, John, that was through it roles pretty much. But I felt like he was, he felt like he felt the most like a cast member, I would say out of everyone on this list. Jason, he didn't feel like a cast member because it just felt like a victory lap for him as he deserved. Didn't feel like he was just blending in like anybody else. Um, So I'd say Simu, I'm looking at this list again, by far had the most cast member vibe to me out of anybody here he he blended in so well I was really happy when he was on the screen but I wasn't kind of nervous when he wasn't it just it, it was a really good vibe with him and so I'm I'm very surprised and disappointed that that he's a lot lower um but then again back to going looking forward towards December I think that for Billie Eilish it's just it's really kind of unchartered territory in a lot of ways. She is extremely famous and talented and has a lot of people who love her, myself included, but she doesn't have a lot of acting credits to her name. We don't really know what that side of her looks like. And I don't think she knows either. I, I think this is going to be pushing her out of her comfort zone and she wants to do something, you know, different and, 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 just something she's never done before, so I'm so excited about it. But it's so hard to predict. Um, I think she's gonna be really devoted to her musical performances in a in a Taylor Swift way. Not to say she's gonna have a ten minute performance, but I think that she is an artist, as we remember when she did the bad guy performance in a in that moving box that was very complex. Billie Eilish is that type of artist, so my guess is she's going to be really focused on her musical performances and. I think she's going to be happy and comfortable to just blend in. I don't think I don't think she's going to be that high on here, but I'm still excited. Nick Jonas I found to be very underwhelming when he did double duty. I, he wasn't my first choice for that. I'm still really rooting for Lil Nas X to have his moment. He deserves it. He would be unbelievable with double, double duty. Um, and I, I like Nick Jonas, but not my pick for for double duty at all. Uh, Chance and Harry. I love them. They they're high on my list too. Anyway, uh
2: Paul Okay, Rudd. where do they slot?
3: Okay, Billy I'm going to go to 247 for Billy. Hi.
1: Okay. Which Whatever. would be right where Owen Wilson is at 3. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Like let's give her that. You know, what? yeah, 247 owning it. And then Paul Rudd it's going to depend for me on the cameos because that if that episode is not cameo heavy, like I'll give everybody on this call like I don't know, some free nail polish or something. If you're into that, I'm looking at what's around me. I'll give you something for free. I'll be surprised. Seems like Just something me.
1: we'd be into. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, Pete Davidson, is he's very nail polish. I think he's bringing it back for the guys. So you might kind of want to get ahead of the trend. Anyways, so... And we know that he, he can
1: land at 257.65. So good, <laughs> good to follow. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, you guys. I'm, it's the first thing I saw in my room, but I think you should take me up on the offer. Anyway. Got it. Um, So Paul Rudd, it's going to be so dependent on the cameos. Is it going to be a large number, but they all pop in for two seconds? Is it going to be a really exciting person who, if they're in the building, they're like, I want you to put me in two or three things. Like we might have those people hanging around. Paul Rudd is a humble guy. He's the sexiest man alive, but he's also, and it's his fifth time, but he's also so chill. And I I think that if he wants it to not be so about him, it's not going to be. With that said, he's still going to be high. So I'm going to give him a uh, 252.
1: Okay. <laughs> the, that was not very far from Billie Eilish. You gave Billie Eilish a 247 and you gave Paul a 252. What? I know.
3: I had to own the 247. I regret it. Give, me, give her a, a 221 for me. Billie 221. Really? Paul, just
1: all over there with your
3: I'm t- All <laughs> over. Because we don't know. Give her give her bring her down for me. Billy, go to go go 223 for Billy, go 251
1: for Paul. Got it. That's okay. It. Understood. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> where where are you slotting in Billy and Paul on this?
2: Um, I think Paul probably yeah, I mean I was gonna say this I was gonna say the same point as Nicole about ca- uh, cameos, you know, they do a five-timer sketch um in the in the monologue, um, and take time away from him, you know, and diluting that. Um, if you know, just the, the Christmas um, atmosphere, you know, Jimmy Fallon might pop up. I don't know, someone like that. But uh, so that that could, but no one's touching Jason's score. So that's that's I can safely um, predict that. Uh, but so I, I I would think he would be still be at uh, number two. But um, Billy will have the the thing that Kim had and J Lo had in season forty five. Where like I just feel like she's gonna play herself in a in a sketch um and be, you know, be the star of the sketch and it's gonna be about Billie Eilish. Um but I I don't think they're gonna ask so much of her. I mean obviously doing double duty is a lot. Um especially she's, you know, young to do it, I think only older than Ariana Grande and maybe Taylor. Um so it's you know I don't think they're gonna they're gonna demand her to like be a pro at sketch comedy. It just like that seems like a lot to ask. With the, of with the cast with this much talent. So we're gonna see a great like Keenan Billy sketch. And I would put her at I don't know I I said earlier going off the Nick Jonas thing, but now that I'm thinking about her playing herself, I mean maybe, maybe she'll be around where Kieran is, maybe around there. And then I'll say I'll, I'll say uh, Paul Rudd will be like. 275 280 like like a John Mulaney score
1: yeah that's fair oh yeah I'm gonna put uh I'm gonna put Paul Rudd in its second place I think right between Kim and Jason and I'll put Billy Eilish, right below Rami Malik between Bill, uh, Rami Malik and Jonathan Majors, I think. I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, fun question from the chat as we uh, head towards wrapping. This is our, from our friend uh, Nick. He says, uh, "Question for the panel: Any guesses t- as to who will intro Billy as a musical guest?" And Mike, actually, people don't know this, but we do count that as screen time when a cast member
2: introduces a musical guest, right? Right. Yeah, like how Kevin Jonas introduced his brother. So. Um, My, my, my guess is Billy and Phineas, Billy and Phineas's mom.
1: Okay. Okay. My, my guess is Phineas for the first one and uh, Kate McKinnon for the second one. That's my, that's my guess. Uh, (laughs) Nicole, you want to jump in on quick guesses?
3: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Phineas for one of the two. I think he's going to be on with her for one and he'll introduce her for the other. And then. I could see, like I feel like I was seeing a bunch of people say that Sarah and Billy are gonna have a lot of fun together, and they they could uh, make some magic, so it'd be pretty massive deal if if Sarah got to introduce a musical guest for her first year on the show, but whether it happens there or just they're in sketches together i'm I'm curious about that, so i'll I'll throw Sarah's name in there just to be a little crazy,
1: cool, Jamie, any opinion? Yes,
0: So I think agree on the first, I think, um. If I had to guess for like a cast member, geez, maybe like maybe one of the new folks. I could see like Aristotle or Sarah just like saying, "Hey, here you guys, like opportunity." Um, but other than that, we'll we'll see. I guess I have I have no real pulse on how that will go, but but curious to see.
1: Yeah, it'll be really, really fun to get to talk about those two episodes coming up. And then we'll be back for another By the Number" show uh, right at the beginning of the new year, where we'll talk about, you know, the first half of the season a little bit more. Jamie, it was so wonderful that you were able to join us. It was really just uh, great to get to hear from you. Uh, great job, Mike, is giving you the the salute. So where can people reach out to you? And please tell the listeners about, you know, some of the graphs that you've done recently. I'm sure they would love to know about that. I know you did an SNL one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um so you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at TV Show Graphs, or you can check out some of the graphs I've done at TV Um so I did a few impression related graphs recently which uh, you should be able to see on both the website and Twitter just focusing on SNL presidential impressions over the years so focusing on every president that's kind of overlapped with the run of SNL and kind of the different uh, portrayals over the years uh, so some interesting data there um, and then I'm working right now on taking a look at some data around uh, viewership of current sketches so something that I'd be interested to talk to all of you guys about at some point but um, looking at at just kind of what some of the sketches are that have made a, made a stir on YouTube so far. Um one just like interesting factoid that I'll leave you with. So um, I like to look at the like ratio. So like looking at the number of views and the number of likes. And anytime there's been a PDD sketch on so far this season, it's had the highest like ratio of any sketch on the episode. So not always the highest viewership, but it's getting a lot of traction. So that was was a fun fact for me and curious to see what else some of that data uncovers. So stay tuned for some more on that.
1: Yeah, that that is fascinating, and you can follow Jamie at TV Show Graphs to make sure to check out all of that stuff. And I know that YouTube is—I think they're getting rid of the dislike. So they uh, did; I,
0: it's gone. Yeah. I'm so mad. Like you can look at the like ratio. We're okay like, with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No more dislike data for better or for worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. No more people disliking our videos. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Nicole, thank you for all the hard work you did on this episode of uh, By the Number Show. I really appreciate everything you did. So where can people reach out to you?
3: It was my pleasure. I love the show. I also have to give one more shout out to Jamie because you also – something else I love that you do is – um, you have a lot of really fun questions on Twitter. Like I feel like I'm very, I just enjoy interacting with with the questions you ask and then everybody else in your comments. And um, they're always like very wholesome and nostalgic, but also very data focused at the same time. Like you got me thinking about Full House and my childhood and it was like, it was great. So I love like where where your Twitter takes me on a personal level. So definitely everybody go follow Jamie. It's, it's great. Um, and then as for me, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nicole Rovine. I, I waver on my personal TikTok. I I kinda hang out there a little bit. Um, but I'm very active on Instagram and Twitter on my personal and then obviously as always follow us at the SNL Network on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. I've been experimenting a lot, you guys. It's like it's just it's we're having a lot of fun over there. So definitely go over and see what's happening because it's it's fun. We're experimenting.
1: Definitely. And Mike, if people want to check out more of the data that you come up with every single week, uh, where can they see that? And just thank you for everything that you've done for the By the Number Show.
2: Anytime, John. You know that. Um, it's fun. Uh, you can follow me Instagram or Twitter at, at SNL Mike Murray. So everything I do, I will post there. I just uh, joined Instagram. So I'm trying to find a creative way to uh, put the stuff up there yeah because yeah it's, but the charts are too big sometimes they distort and they don't look great but i'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out but um yeah I'll, I'll definitely be um i held on to these these numbers in anticipation of this show but I'll, I'll be posting everything else um about the these last seven shows and i have i have tons of tons of graphs and tons of data we didn't talk about so awesome. that'll be for next time
1: Okay, thanks, Mike. And let's talk about let's talk about what's coming up this week on the SNL network. So tonight we had our buy the number show. And in case you're catching it just at the end, you can go back. That's available for replay on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to join us on Wednesday, and I just preface this by saying, uh, you know, we booked these shows and we hope they happen, but we're going to announce it. And and I, you know, looks like it's a go. So I will announce that on Wednesday, December first, around five o'clock, we're going to have our second edition of SNL Stories, and this is a new podcast we are doing on the network where we get to interview alumni from Saturday Night Live, whether they're former cast members or writers or producers at the show. Lots of different people we will have throughout the season this year. And joining us this Wednesday is Dean Edwards, a former cast member of SNL. He was there from 2001 to 2003. His rookie class that he came in with was Amy Poehler, Seth Meyers, Jeff Richards, a really fun rookie class. And coming in, you know, right at a very interesting time his first episode was right after 911 so you know that was a very historical episode he was there when there was uh, i think an anthrax scare in that that building i mean that season was just insane with lots of behind the scenes moments so we're going to talk to Dean Edwards about all that stuff on Wednesday. And the way that those shows work is we have a regular panel interviewing Dean. And then if you are a patron of the SNL network, we will send you a link and you can call in and ask Dean a question. So we'll bring you up on screen and you don't have to come on with video. You can come on with just your audio if you feel more comfortable with that. And you can ask Dean a question live on the show. So that is a great perk of being a patron of the SNL network. You can find our patron program at patreon.com the SNL network. Then in one week from tonight on Monday, December 6th, join us right back here for our next Superfan Takeover. And that is a really fun show where the superfans get together and talk about great moments in the history of SNL. And this time they're gonna be talking about the best SNL holiday moments. So I know we have our holiday special every single year where we see Christmas and Hanukkah moments on SNL. And it'll be fun to talk through maybe some underrated ones that people don't get to see in those specials. And people like, you know, Bill Kenny who watched the show every, year, every weekend for 35 years we'll bring up and talk about and fight for their sketches and talk about why they are the best SNL holiday moments. So join us in one week's time for that as we make our way towards our December shows. Okay. I'm really excited for everything we have programmed coming up in December. I just want to thank all of our patrons and listeners for all of our support. As Nicole said, follow us at the SNL Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can follow me at John schneider 24 to check out everything that I'm doing or to reach out and give us feedback on all of our shows. We appreciate any subscriptions that you guys can give us to help more people find the show. And like I always say, if you leave us an Apple podcast review, I will make sure to read that out on the patron feedback show as a fun little incentive. For my Murray, Nicole Rovon, Jamie Burwood, and everybody in the chat. This has been our By the Number show, episode one through seven, and we will see you all next time. Have a good one, everybody.
0: Here on SNL,